Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Wednesday. For those that are here live, for those that are here any other time, thanks so much for joining us. One of the things that I want to make sure is clear, I just got this yesterday, is that wherever you join us is the right place. No one should ever feel when they're coming in that they came in too early or too late or they're missing it. I just want to make sure that's clear because I spoke to someone yesterday about this and um, I think it's important wherever you are, whenever you come in at any point uh, it's appreciated. We love having you and we go back to topics. So this way, at any point, hopefully you'll come in and we'll either circle back or review along the way. So we've been talking about this idea of humility. And what I want to make sure is clear, you know, I don't know, I'll tell you how much I love you guys, is that I think about you all day. I really do. Because every time I have a thought, I'm like, wait, I got to tell that in the morning to the boost. So I was thinking about this yesterday a lot that I, I hope that we circle back to understanding what we're really doing, which is identifying and unleashing our superpower, right? This whole conversation of humility is so wrought with misperceptions that if you talk about humility long enough, our brain will go back to our neuro connections. Thank you to, thank you, Deb. Our brain will go back to our neuro connections and all of the, all of the other associations that humility has made. So the more you hear the word humility in the old way of the way we hear humility, the more we tend to go back to it being smaller, to us being smaller, even if it's like more appreciative and more grateful, which is all good. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about superpower. I'm not talking about less I'm talking about being more, not less powerful. Thank you, Bet. I'm loving my Facebook crew and the Zoom crew. You guys are the best. For those who are here live on any platform, I appreciate it. So just to understand that, just to understand that. Let me just, I'll get to the comments soon. Just to understand that. We're not trying to build us into being less physically. That's fine. And there is a lot of being more grateful and being more appreciative for sure. But that's not the goal of where we are right now. Humility doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Moses, which is the most humble man on earth, wasn't less. He didn't like work on his humility. And when he hit it, he then moved into a cave and was able to like connect to the divine. And like all day, he like shined his light in his little area of study. And he was just fully satisfied in life. That's not what it was. He took on the world. Moses took on God. Moses walked a nation through a desert. At the end of his life, he battled giants you understand like Moses was physically powerful humility unlocks our power it just unlocks our power because we are taking 
from the source out into the world. The reason why we are so drained of energy in part is because we're going the wrong way. We're drawing our energy from the world, not drawing our energy from inside. And when you draw the energy from the world, it's exhausting because they're not giving it to us because that's not how it's set up. Think about it. If everyone's drawing energy from the world, there's no there's no place to draw energy from. If everybody goes to the same well and draws water from the well, at some point, the well is going to dry up. If I need the world to give me my energy and everybody needs the world, everyone's just pulling energy from the world. And so we're not going to get it. It's not how we built. That's not how the system's supposed to work. That's just how we were raised. That's not how we were programmed. At least we were programmed to survive, but that's not how we were, should I say it? That's how we were programmed, but that's not how we were created. That's probably the more accurate way of saying it. So what we're getting at here with this process, what we started with is eternality. In Hebrew, it's called netzach. In the word in Hebrew, netzach means to be victorious. La netzach, to victory. Nitzachon means to be victorious. It doesn't mean to be humble. The humility is the pathway to personal victory. So I, I want to make sure that's clear. Because yesterday, as I clicked off, I was like, mm, I don't know if it was clear. That's why it's so important what we're doing, because we're, we have so much power. It's such a shame. We're going to get to 120, we're going to go up to God. God's going to be like, do you know who you are? Now, when you go through honor, which we went through a few weeks ago, we can see it in each other and see it in ourselves. But there's seeing it, and then there's living it. I can see the value in humans beyond who that what they do. I can see the value in my family or friends beyond what they do. I can see the value in myself beyond what I do. Then I could live with that. So last trait that we spent weeks on was just seeing it. The power of our eyes. Now we've got to actually like feel it pulsating in our body. And believe it or not, the way to do it is through humility. It's like such, I don't know for you, for me, it is the opposite of how I understood humility. I always thought like the humble people are like, are nice guys finish last. last. I always felt that like, yeah, by the way, Richard just said it exactly right. That's the whole essence of Hanukkah, which is, I'm sure not a coincidence, but like we're talking about this as we're walking into Hanukkah. But this idea that the people that are, now there are people that are arrogant, that are making it. I'm not taking away from that, that, that the world has to work in a way where people that are not doing it right still achieve. That's not the point. The point is that we, if we want to achieve properly the extent of who we can be, this is a pathway. And once we begin, if you remember, we spoke about zeal and discipline, which is the levers. Then we moved into the world of honor, which is understanding through our eyes. Now we're in the world of humility, of endurance, of netzach, of eternality, which is understanding from a much more of a existential living it. 
It's a deeper, it's a deep rooted, it's an awareness. That's the difference. You can understand something and you can be aware of it. I can understand that if I do something that's bad for my body, but the minute I see it, like the story of lots of people that understand that smoking is bad for their lungs, they can understand that. But then one day they walk into the doctor's office and the doctor shows them a picture of their lungs and they see it and they go, and now there's an awareness. And that's where we're going towards. So yesterday we spoke about this idea of this continuum be, do, have, right? And if you break it down one more notch, if you can picture it in your mind, be, do, have across in front of you. Now, underneath be, do, have is your essence, be, your actions, do, and your impact, have. Now, when we live a world outside in, we determined our essence based on our impact. We see what the world thinks of us. We see what the impact of our actions are. And then we draw in what that means for us. You have good grades, then you must be smart, right? Have to be. You have a lot of money. You must be wealthy, right? You have the right clothing. You must be righteous, Right? When you have the externality worked out and the world sort of says you're it and the world gives you what you need, then you it drips outside in into our essence. And we go, oh, we really are. We've, we've made it. I want to make it in this world. What does it mean I want to make it in this world? I want the world to recognize who I am, which is why honors and it's, it's everything to people. People are, uh, they spend their whole lives trying to get some trophy, a whole life. So you'll have this conversation with athletes, but did he win a Super Bowl? What does that mean? Did he win a Super Bowl? Because I'm going to determine your ability by what you have. Trophies, rings, MVPs, Pro Bowl, depending on whatever sport you're in. Nobel prizes if you're more academic, you know, a title if you whatever. Have okay. But let's go deeper now. Because we're not going to change it. We're not going to stop living in this world. We're not going to stop being human beings. Like very few people are going to wake up in the morning and maybe you're there and you're one of them and if you are God bless you. We'll wake up one morning and go like I got it. I'm out. And if you could do that like you win. I had I had a breakfast with a great guy uh, a few weeks ago. Um, great guy. And he was explaining to me that he's just unsatisfied with the trappings of the physical world. And I'm like, yeah, you're one of those souls. You are. There are people like that. They're, they're just, un, they just buy it. They just get it. Like the outside world never really did it for them. They're, they're internal people. And like they, oh, and they're searchers. They're always searching. And the challenge with searchers is that searchers think there's something wrong with them because the rest of the world doesn't have that. Searchers don't realize that people that are searching for real stuff, that are really unsatisfied with the trappings of the outside, they're not, there's nothing wrong with them. There's something wrong with the rest of us. They're the ones who have it right. They're like, yeah, what, 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 
Who cares what I have? It's who I am. Like that's just intuitive to them. So if you're one of those souls, God bless you. You're one of those souls. And no one's a zero to a hundred. We all have different gradations of what we have. So this applies to everybody, but in different measures. Once we realize this is the reality that we're in, now we have to learn how to adapt to that. How do I change that? Remember yesterday we spoke about this idea that if you don't understand it and you allow yourself to live in the world of having impact outside world, you're really vulnerable all the time. So then you create a shell of insecurity that makes you draw energy from the other people forcefully because you got to always be getting it. So you have to either fish for compliments or spend extra to get it or borrow steel or cheat to get it right. Or plaster your name. Like you have to get it somehow and you don't trust that the world's going to give it to you. So you do whatever it takes to get it. And that is really the root of arrogance. That's the root of the ego, which really stems from the world of insecure, which really stems from the world of living in the, having in the impact in the outside world and knowing in your core that it's an insecure world. You're really on a, on a really shaky bridge. But for us to be able to get bigger, we have to recognize that we got to go back to one of the powers that we have, which is our eyes. Our eyes. Because we're not going to change having we're not going to wake up, unless you're, again, a unique soul. You're not going to wake up one morning and be like, I really don't care. You can't turn on the switch. You have to condition yourself. So how do you do it? So I'll tell you a story, and then we'll delve into it a little bit. I read this book a while ago. I mentioned here on the show. I loved it. I'm forgetting it. It's from a sports psychologist. It'll hit me. Sports psychologist wrote a book called Overachievement. I'm sure Andy's already doing his work. Don't worry about it. Give Andy two seconds. Overachievement. That's what the name of the book is. He'll tell you in a second where it's from. And if not, Andy will write it with by the time the show is done and then republish it. There's no question. That's why Andy is the man of magic. My, my brother in arms over here. Andy Baltax, everybody. John Elliott, I told you, that was 70 seconds. The best. John Elliott wrote a book. He's a sports psychologist. And he wrote a book on overachievement. It's a brilliant book. I loved it. About how to be an overachiever. And there was one scene in the book that really struck me, which is the core of where I want to work on together here. He was brought in to, to coach the Stanford baseball team, if I'm remembering, so I I read this book years ago. The Stanford baseball team was struggling. They just weren't winning. They had great pitchers and the pitchers were giving up too many runs. So he worked with them and he saw that these guys were very talented pitchers, but there was something going on in their heads that was holding them back. So he sat with all of them down and goes, what's in your mind? What's in your mind when you are pitching? And they said, well, I'm worried about the score. I'm worried about whether he's going to get a hit. Like, what do you think? We're in a game. 
Like I'm aware of all the factors of the game. And I got a guy with, you know, man on first and second and, you know, we're up one and the guy hits a double. Like I, these, this is okay. Here's the problem. You're acting, but in one way, but your brain is focusing on the results of your action. The hit, the strikeout, right? They're throwing a ball, but what they're thinking about is not throwing the ball. They're thinking about the result of them throwing the ball. You with me? Right? They do have. They're acting, but where's their mind when they're acting? It's in have. It's an impact. Will he strike out? Will he get a hit? Will we lose the game? And the more your brain is misaligned with your actions, right? Your body is throwing, but your brain is already in the post throw. Your brain is in the impact of the throw. Therefore, you're not throwing with all mind, body, soul, so to speak. And as a result, your pitches are not as good as they can be. If all you would do is focus on completing the action and you would totally divorce out the impact of your action, what would happen is you would complete the action better. With me? So therefore, he told the pitchers and he practiced with them. I don't want you thinking about strikes or, ball, uh, or strikes or hits or scores. All you're thinking about is completing the pitch to the target. When the catcher puts up its mitt and he wants you to hit on the inside pitch, all you're doing and all you're thinking about and all that's in your mind's eye is the mitt. Whether the guy swings and hits the ball before it hits the mitt, whether it hits the mitt and the guy that looks at it and it's a ball, whether it hits the mitt and the guy swings and strikes out. It's irrelevant to you. All that does is puts all of your attention on the action. The ball leaving your hand and hitting a target. And that, and practicing that a million times, shifted the minds of these pitchers, which ultimately shifted their performance, and they ended up winning the, I guess, the College World Series. What we need to appreciate is... Where our attention goes, our emotions flow. It's not what I do that makes me feel the way I feel. It's where I focus. If one wakes up in the morning and goes into bed and comes, he, he, they could be sitting in bed and they have a thought, oh my God, I got to make a presentation today. Oh my gosh, I got to make, they're going to feel stress. Their attention is in the presentation. And then all of a sudden, as they're in that presentation, they remember, oh my God, last time I did a presentation, there was that colleague of mine that like embarrassed me. She's going to be there again. I know she, she has it in for me. Anger. They haven't left bed. Stress. Anger. And all of a sudden, it dawns them, wait, there's... Their loved one found some growth and 
the doctor thought it may be something. So she went for tests to see what it was. And then all of a sudden, like she shifts to worry and this thing just becomes less relevant. And there's worry here. She's not out of bed yet. All that's happened is that she's shifting her attention to parts in her brain. And then as she's in bed, she gets a, a buzz on her phone and she looks at it and it's from that person. And like, and then it says, got the results back. All is healthy. Thank God. Relief and gratitude. And all this stuff sort of, she gets out of bed excited. What happened? Nothing happened in action. Her brain went from worry and had real impact to anger. Sorry, stress to anger, to worry, to joy and gratitude. When we realize that our attention is actually changing our physiology. It's changing how we feel. We realize that where I place my attention is actually critical. So we'll pick this up tomorrow. We can't change be, do, have. All we can change is where do I put my attention? And how do I focus my attention on the different parts of the continuum because where I put my attention, essence, actions, impact will shift not only how I feel, it'll shift how much I can actually accomplish my ability. All right, we'll go through this. Hopefully we'll pick this up again tomorrow. Thanks so much for tuning in. Think about this today. Just pay attention to your attention and how the attention impacts your emotions. Thanks so much for coming in. And uh, with God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow with God's help. Have a great day.